If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. All right, so, you know, tonight uh, we got a really interesting topic on um, a lot of video games and things. Um, I found some really fun games out there. You know, there's this one, Pokemon Go. I thought it was pretty interesting. It's just funny when you see people walking the streets, they're holding their phones out, and they're just looking for different things. And a lot of people claim that they get exercise from these things and, I mean, all sorts of stuff. They had the GTA 5 game out for like five years, about three years now, four years. And I mean, people have gone crazy even listening to this. I mean, or playing these games. And I remember I used to play them a lot too um, a few years back. There wasn't one of those games that I didn't end. And um, I think there's another one, World of Warcraft. And I think there's Call of Duty that that a lot of people are really psyched over. And then you hear other things like Final Fantasy and this and that. And, you know, a lot of people are entertained. I hear a lot of people talk about them on the job. And, I mean, you almost can't go to anything in the news concerning video games without hearing these main five. And then there's a new one. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's called on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But a lot of people are going insane over that. I mean, you got kids staying up late at night playing this game. So... It must be pretty exciting. So, um, I guess we can just get into prayer before we start this off because, um, you know, it should be a good topic. You know, I think that everybody will get something from it. So, I guess we can pray and get going. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits, thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I'm asking that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time that I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ that you've given us another chance yet to get into your word and know who you are. We're just grateful to you, Lord, that you have just been so faithful and true that you have spared us, Lord, your judgment and given us your grace and mercy. For, Lord, one day that we're going to come before you and we're going to have to know who you are. And we just ask, Lord, for this message that you open the eyes of those who can't see and the ears of those who can't hear. Place your anointing upon it, Lord, that it may get out as far as it can go, that many will see and hear the truth and many will have understanding as to what your word says. And, Lord, we're not trying to kill anything as far as fun. We're not trying to take away those things that give people joy. But we have to ask ourselves always of what spirit something is. For our eyes just don't see that deep. Our ears just don't hear that far. Our perception, Lord, just doesn't have that much depth unless it's grounded in you. So we just ask, Lord, that we attack this situation with the mind of Christ. We just ask, Lord, that you just continue to give us strength, Lord, to be pointed in the right direction that we run this race with patience, Lord, for this is the only way to do it. There are no sprinters, Lord, that make it in this thing, but we have to pace ourselves every day walking with you 
for every obstacle and every situation that we come into, Lord, there's always a new challenge and there's something else that you need to do with us that we may overcome it. Lord, we just thank you now for those who couldn't be here, that you continue to bless them and watch over and keep them. We ask for the children's minds, Lord, and their hearts that are dealing with these issues that we're going to tackle tonight, that you set the captives free. Lord, we want more of you and less of us. We want to be, Lord, the embodiment of everything that you are. And if it means that we get erased or taken out of the equation, then so be it. For it is all about you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, hatred, every spirit of lust, every spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief, every idolatrous spirit, every spirit, Lord, that goes against you has got to fall, for you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. You are faithful, just, and true and worthy of all praises. Lord, I ask that you do these things for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so, you know, tonight we're going to, again, it's about video games, uh, Pokemon Go, World of Warcraft, all the other games that are out there. We're going to evaluate and we're going to try and break down as best we can, aided by the Lord. Um, I know this won't be a popular teaching. A lot of people won't want to hear it, but you know something? This is all about setting the captives free. And, you know, we already know that God's word is unpopular and it's not appeasing to any flesh. So let's just say what we need to say. Let's just go over what we need to go through and let the chips fall where they may. I like those. What do you think? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So from here, let's just start it with a psalm because I know we like to go into them. So let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 and verse 1, and it says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue but love. O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. So basically, the Lord can search us out and know everything about believers and unbelievers, okay? There is nothing that you can hide from God, and there's nothing that when he shows us that we won't, uh, we'll never shock him, okay? You know, the Lord, not only did he know we were going to do certain things, but he knew what you were thinking at the time you did it, okay? So we just need to be upfront and honest with him as we microscopically examine this uh, study. Verse 5, Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. So this again is David's humility, recognizing that he can do nothing outside of God. Verse 7. Whither, whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold... Thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, 
Uh, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So there is no getting around the Lord, okay? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. That means he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And, you know, he's everywhere. And that's something that we just have to recognize. If I say surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. So God is light whether he's in light or in darkness. That's how awesome God is. Verse 13. For thou hast uh, possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Now, I believe personally when it talks about this fearfully and wonderfully made, that, of course, the Lord knew what we was going to put in us because he made us. But I believe the adversary, too, has a real understanding as to who we are and what we are because, you know, his knowledge is beyond ours. But I think that the devil knew for a long time that all you've got to do to us because we are recorders is just put something in front of you or entice you or get you to indulge and then the job is done. Okay, so the devil doesn't have to make you do anything to fall away from God. All he's got to do is give you something you may like that is pleasing to the eyes, you know, and you will record it if you're not smart enough or the Lord doesn't um, guide you to walk away from it. And we're going to see why this is really important tonight, because I think um, even situations such as, you know, video games and movies, People really do think, okay, I watched it. I didn't do anything in it. I listened to it. It didn't have any effect on me. I still believe in Jesus. But the devil has learned long ago that he can't just take us and corrupt us. He works with us just like an, an apple. If you put it on the table for two months, you know, the apple will start to turn green and change color. You know, you give it six months. I mean, the apple is just withering away. And I mean, you give it two years. You won't even be able to stand in the room with the apple because it will truly be disgusting, smelly, probably worms are on it, and it may not be anything like what it originally was formed. So the devil knows through time, through corruption, through having us watch things, through having us listen to things, that he can slowly do his job. And I'll tell you what, that's a far more deadly attack than just going straight for the jugular. Why? Because... When you, when you see something right away, you are slowly taking it apart to where it can never come back together again, okay? Like, not only do you destroy what it is, but it's a deception behind it. The apple may look fine. You, you guys have picked fruit before in stores, and, well, this looks all right, but it was on its way to corrupting. You bring it home, and in two days, you start to see things in it that you didn't know. So it really wasn't that fresh. So in order to sneak you and in order to get in on you or to defile you to the point where you feel comfortable enough to just be entertained by it, he can do a lot of damage. And this is why when the Lord comes to us and he cleanses us that we don't even realize how much sin we've gone through. And all we could have done was going around lying to people. All we could have done was just going around having girlfriend to girlfriend, treating all of them nice so you think, you know, and then, well, hey, I broke up with them when it was time. Yeah, but the sin in you still lived. 
feeding on the world can even load you with sin. And this is why we have a hard time obeying what the Lord tells us to do. The Lord can tell you, hey, I want you to go and preach. I want you to go and pray. But you see how we have this constant fight because we've got this world hooked into us. But see, we didn't know that we were attached to the world until God exposed it. So this is why we really have to be careful with everything that we indulge in because it can live in us and it can stay in us. Even addicted to work. There are people that when they retire from work, even though they have enough money, they still want to go back to work because they're so used to the things of the world. Now, most people would say, okay, if I'm a believer and now I'm retired, man, I should be praying and living every day for Jesus, but not when that world is in you. You know, so this is where I believe when it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we're, we're wonderfully made because we can record. We are fearfully made because we can record. And that's something to think about. You can, believe it or not, the Lord has given us enough in us to memorize this Bible from front to back. And I mean, if you really study God's word, that you can actually know this book by heart. Somebody can say, go to James 2 and tell me what James 2 and 13 says. And you'd be right there. If you really study this book like you do everything else in the world, we have a capacity to record and and have the word live in us. Look how many songs and things that we know by heart. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Look how many memories we have from childhood that we can just go right back to and it'll be just like it was yesterday. So we're wonderfully made because God gave us this, but I think it's more of a capacity to do what he wants us to do, that we may become the living embodiment of that which he wants. But we're fearfully made because along with walking with God, there's this adversary that we got that will do anything just to get your eyes focused on it. And once you start to enjoy it, man, it, it's all over. How many times have you been saved and you said, uh, let me just um, watch an old movie or listen to an old thing? And not only did you watch it that night, you watched it the night after. And then, like, unless the Lord intervenes and says, whoa, hold it. You need to pray. You need to get into it. Then you, oh, man, you're right, Lord, you're right. I shouldn't have been doing that. And then it's like something breaks you free. But at the time, all it takes is just a little leaven, just a little time in. And man, you indulge and forget it. You're almost right back to where you were. So again, we're fearfully made because there's so much evil that this, that this temple can hold. But then there's so much good. There's always this chance that you can be just as defiled and disgusting. It makes us fearfully made. But then there's this getting to know Jesus and being full of his spirit that makes us wonderfully made. Because one lives to his potential and the other, man, turns into the exact opposite of who God is. All right, we're going to see why this is important. Verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in, my, in thy book all my members were written. Again, there was a pastor that brought this out. I believe it was Mike Hoggard who mentioned it, and I remember looking at it and, and viewing it, and then even looking up what um, unperfect substance was, and it was the Hebrew word golem, which meant like, you know, almost like a capsule of something that contains you know, that, that that has information. So this is sort of like DNA because anyone will tell you if you study DNA, it is almost like written information in your genetics from family to family, generation to generation. So God knew what David would be 
even before he was formed. Okay, verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, uh, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. So what's awesome too here is, David is talking about the Lord's thoughts towards him. And this is why we cannot let the adversary lower us by any attacks and things that he may come with or any tricks that he may have. Because, you know, once you have the spirit, you really do understand how much the Lord loves you. And I'll tell you, there would, there would be many nights that you'd be out there looking for a word and you're in your prayer closet and you're just trying to have some revelation from the Lord. And all you'll hear are things like, you know, I love you. You know, or I want you to do this, or I've got big plans for you. So, I mean, just to get into the Lord and understand who he is, man, if you have that spirit, you really do understand that God wants you in a much higher place than where you are right now. Even though we get glimpses of the Holy Ghost and things that he may do for us, but man, when it comes to really being throne room level with God and we get to that place with him, man, you'll understand what this whole thing is about. Verse 18, if I should, um, oh, verse 19, surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God, depart from me. Therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and I am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. So David is talking about here, if you're going to walk with the Lord, you really do have to hate the things that are not of God. So, I think one of the biggest questions we can ask ourselves, believer or unbeliever, is, you know, what is it that you love in this world more than anything? Because when you love the Lord, you will love what he loves. You will hate what he hates. Now, I'm going to be speaking to a lot of Christians concerning this thing. And I know, you know, we all get into stuff, but we're going to even find why. Even if it doesn't, even if you still do some of the things that the Lord does, that this can't be beneficial to you. Okay, it's just not something he'd be into. All right, so he says, Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And I am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So David is not taking anything for granted that there couldn't be something wicked in him. Even though there were many days as a shepherd boy, he played his heart, okay, and got revelation from the Lord. You see how many prophecies came in the Psalms of David that came later on. So David understood the Spirit of God. But even then, David is saying, Lord, search me out. There's got to be more in me to be like you. And so we can never get to the place of arrival. We have to get to the place of continuing in the journey, having the Lord set us free, okay? And I brought that up because we're going to go into something here. I do believe that I want to read on uh, one of these things. Uh, this is the World of Warcraft game, and this is called World of Warcraft is Ruining My Marriage. Now, you know, some people wouldn't think that this can happen, I actually had girlfriends in the past, you know, that I remember they wanted me to hang out with them. And, you know, I had my games down there that I played and I just didn't have the time. You know, I'm like, hey, we can hang out if I get past this mission. 
Okay, so, I mean, we're going to find out why this is not good. And I'm not saying as far as being in relationships and things like that that are not of God, but I'm speaking of how desensitized you become to dealing with people. And I mean, this can even be said of cell phones and other things because everybody likes to send texts today. No one wants to call you on the phone. All right, no one for customer service. You can't even apply for a job anymore you know, going in and filling out and giving your resume, no, you can put your resume online like everybody else, and if you match what we're looking for, then you can get the job. So there is a desensitizing that has taken place, but this is called World of Warcraft is Ruining My Marriage. My husband never used to play this game while we were together. He said he played it before he knew me, but he stopped because it took over his life. We got married in June, I mean, in January 2011. By February, he was playing World of Warcraft. Um, literally the day before he downloaded it, he said, wow, I'm glad I stopped playing that. It takes over people's lives. Then downloaded it less than 24 hours later. <laughs> um, not even a week after that, he upgraded our internet uh, which he did five times before he found one he liked. He even told me I wasn't allowed to Skype with my family back home because it made his game lag. Okay, so this wife can't even talk to her family members that are away because this guy's game is that important. You're going to mess with my game. All right, so it says, He refuses to spend money on food or any baby things. But he went out and bought a brand new gaming laptop, a gaming monitor, a mouse, and keyboard. He wasted the whole tax return on it uh, and doesn't care about anything that has uh, to do with the baby or me. And makes me go get him stuff at the gas station so he can play. Now right away, this is a man not taking care of his responsibilities concerning his wife. So I think that's pretty messed up that he's got her and the baby going out getting him stuff while he's playing his game. So it says he literally plays or he plays for literally 12 to 13 hours a day and sees nothing wrong with it. He'll even get out of work early so he can play. I told him it's ruining this marriage and he said, yeah, well, at least the game keeps my mind occupied unlike you. I mean, this guy is cold-blooded. I mean, can you imagine? All right, and then it says, He sneaks out of bed to go play it. He won't compromise on limiting his time for, um, to two hours a day either. He even brought his game with us on our vacation and played for six to nine hours a day. Uh, he wakes me up because he's so loud talking to people he doesn't even know on, he doesn't even know on there. He says, I'm a selfish, you know what, I'm not going to use the word, for trying to take away his hobby, and he'd rather do that than anything else with me. I told him I'd leave and take our baby with me, and he doesn't limit his time, and he doesn't really care. Yesterday, he freaked out on me and said, get the bleep out of my house, then, um, then and tell me uh, when... Uh, I don't know who this is. Vivian uh, needs money. I guess that's the baby. So he kicked his wife out. He told his wife to get out and said, let me know when Vivian, I guess the baby, needs money. 
and he only apologized when it made me cry and I was walking out the door with my things. This is becoming too much. I want to leave. Am I um, in am I in the wrong help? Okay, I get that not all gamers are like that. So don't think I'm judging the rest of the world. I'm sharing what my problem is with my husband. I don't mean to offend, so please don't come on here telling me what is and, and is not ruining my marriage. Okay, so you guys want to answer this question for her? Let's go to, I believe, Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4. I mean, now who would think a game can come between a man and a woman? Oh, man. I thought a woman was the most beautiful thing in a man's eyes. Until he got his PS4. I mean, this is crazy, though. Um, let's see. Let's go to Ephesians 5, sorry. We'll start at verse, uh, uh, let's see, let's start at verse 1. Ephesians 5 and 1, and it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now, before anybody wants to cut me off, listen to what this says, okay? This has a lot to do with what we're talking about, what this subject is. And walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, which is greed, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Okay, for this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, I know a lot of people are going to look at this and say, well, I don't believe in God, so this doesn't apply to me, but I'm begging you to listen. Verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. In the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So I want people to have an understanding here what stance I'm taking on this. And we're going to get into the husband and wife thing, but I want to make this clear that when it talks about reproving, it means to expose. So if you stay tuned, we're going to expose what this whole thing is really all about. For it is a shame even to speak those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved which are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, who saith? God saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. 
See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So I want people to think about this here because of what we just read. Now, some people would say this is a regular husband and wife problem. I want to ask, do you think it's evil for a man to ignore his wife and to sit around and play games, okay, and to ignore the baby to get her to work for him and not giving her any time and then, you know, just throwing her out of the house. But the only thing that stopped him from doing what he did was he saw her cry. Now, is this inhumane or do you think that this person is rude? This is something that you have to ask yourselves, and I'll continue. Wherefore, be ye not unwise in understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So I wonder, do you think if this guy feared the Lord, do you think he would treat his wife that way? Do you think if he felt that there was someone that he needed to be accountable to, would he have taken the game over his wife or yelled at her and cursed her and everything else? I don't think so. And then it says in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Okay, so some would say that's what he was doing. You know, he had her in submission to him doing what he wanted. But look at verse uh, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be in their own husbands in every in everything. So I, I imagine she was submissive to this guy, considering everything that he was doing. You know, she was still trying to make their marriage work. She was even warning him that this is coming between their marriage. So she cared for it. Uh, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself. Oh, no, oops, I skipped something. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he, it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So we got a problem here because it's clear this guy must not love himself because he doesn't love his wife. Also, you know, he's out doing whatever it is that he wants to do, and he's totally neglecting her. So imagine someone that can't love themselves. This is kind of like a drug addict because if he loved himself, he would love his wife. And more importantly, he would love God. Verse 29, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, uh, even as the Lord, the church. So Paul is saying here that if you love your wife, or if you love your flesh enough to indulge in all that you get into, and you and you love your wife that way, there's no way that you would just turn your back on her. You would be there for her, taking care of her. 
Okay, now I'm speaking of husbands and wives. I'm not speaking of girlfriends or anything else, okay? Because God has his place for that. But it's clear this guy doesn't love his wife. So it, it's easy to say that anything that is not of God, it can't love. And more importantly, man, this is evil. Now, some people would say, well, he's just playing the game too much. He can go to game as anonymous. But we're going to find this thing is so much bigger than that. So much bigger than that. I want to read one other thing, but let me just finish here. For we are members of his body and his flesh and in his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto, unto his wife. And they shall be, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So you had a one-way deal here. She was looking out for her husband. He wasn't looking out for her, okay? Now, I do want to read something else, too, because I even heard this story on World of Warcraft where... If you guys look this up, there are a lot of divorces going on behind this game. There was a woman who warned her husband the same thing. Look, you know, you're neglecting me. You're, you're, I'm just ready to leave you. This guy neglected her for eight months. She just sat back and watched him play this game. She was supporting him. She was going to work, coming home. She would find him playing the game. Come home and the dude is playing the game, okay? So one day she just said, I can't take it anymore. She packed her bags. She went to Europe to get away from this guy, all right? And for eight months, she stayed there, and then she called him on the phone one day and said, hey, are we ready to work this out, or should I just keep going? You know what he said? Let me call you back. I'm in the middle of a raid. So this guy didn't even care that he didn't talk to his wife in eight months. So you see, we are what we eat. You can become a machine just like a machine, if you indulge in those things, you have no human emotions whatsoever. I want to get to an interesting part here because this is um, a good article, too, and then we'll get back to Scripture. Now, some Christians will say, well, you know, that's not happening in my marriage. I love the Lord and this and that. Okay, so let's go to First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter 2. Kid. <laughs> we don't cover a lot concerning this. It's true, though. All right, Second Corinthians uh, chapter two, and we'll start at verse. Um, let's start at verse nine. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it. See, Paul writes like Shakespeare. So your sakes um, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Okay, so this makes it clear that if we don't have our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus Christ, that we can be led astray by Satan's devices. So this is why there are things that need to be exposed concerning this. And Lord, forgive me for saying Shakespeare. He's nothing compared to your word. So the Lord just had to correct me on that. But this point here is that Satan can get an advantage if you are ignorant of his devices. So these things need to be known. They need to be exposed. 
We're going to even go into a subject next where it says, Video games open the door for demonic torment. Okay? I was trying to get um, Andrew here tonight so he can hear this, but I don't know if he's caught up in school or what, but I just wanted him to hear this because... You know, a lot of kids are having problems. I was a kid that would break my joystick all the time. Let's go to Hosea 4 real quick. But um, I would break my joysticks all the time. I would get mad at the person that was beating me and playing. I'd yell at the screen as if I'm having an argument with it, like the game can't hear me. So you got all this stuff going on, but I think a lot of it does have to do with demons. It does have to do with things that are not Christ-centered. Let's go to Hosea uh, 4, and we'll start at verse 6, and it says, uh, wrong place, Hosea 4 and 6, and it says, My people, so these are God's people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now, some people would say this is pertaining to God's law in the Old Testament. It has nothing to do with this. But wait a minute. If you go to Exodus 20, what does the Bible make clear? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And it also says that um, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So we'd have to ask ourselves, could a video game actually be your God? Absolutely. Because if you're on your knees playing this game, or even if you're up in bed playing this game, you're not getting into God's Word. Think about what that makes you. This thing is your God. This is where you give the most time. <clears throat> okay, so God says that He would reject those who would reject the knowledge of God. Now, I know a lot of kids that play these games, and I mean, these kids tell me all sorts of stories about how they woke up, they saw demons on the side of their beds, you know, talking to them, things like this. And I'm like, what game were you playing, man, the night before? And he, oh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And, you know, me and my curiosity, I would pull up pictures of some things, and I'm like, is this what you saw? And he's like, yeah, it looks just like that. But the eyes were red. And I'm like, oh, boy. You know, like, this is, this is a real issue and what's going on with people because you can't just get into this stuff and expect nothing to happen. But I'm sure that these parents, if you were to warn them and tell them what God says versus this stuff and the dangers that are in these games, you know what people will say? You're crazy. My son can play this game and it's fine. But look at how the children end up rejected and having to deal with the sins of the parents. The children are stuck in demonic torment playing these games when their parents could easily take the game and throw it away. So the sins of the fathers do pass on to the children. And if you don't want knowledge for your home, you affect your family. Think about it. Even in false religion. Okay, so here's another article I'm going into. Um, again, this is called Video Games Open the Door for Demonic Torment. Rebecca Greenwood authored a book called Let Our Children Go. I truly believe that every parent should pick up a copy it's cutting edge on evil influences and demonic harassment that is tormenting our children. Under the topic of video games, she states, Recent studies found that playing violent video games is a way to rehearse violent behaviors, making it easier to bring that behavior into real life. If you practice shooting basketballs thousands of times, you get better at scoring. 
If you practice killing thousands of times, you get better at that as well. In the course of a year of ministering to children, I have seen the effects play out in their young lives. I remember a wearied mom's face one day as she brought her eight-year-old son into our office for help. He was highly intellectual but extremely violent. He was on many medications and was determined to stay uh, by the door in order to run. I began to speak to him softly and after a time uh, he was intrigued with impressing me with his intelligence. As I conversed with him in front of his mom, I asked him what his favorite video games were. Okay, so here's where we get into it. And I mean, this sounds so much like children that I deal with. I mean, right away, they talked about the medications. They're talking about these children are intelligent. If you work in the special education field, you'll find these kids are super intelligent. Though they may not have the discipline to do their own schoolwork, one thing you find with them is they, they're, they're, they're alert. I mean, they're highly, what's the word I want to look for? Their sense of, of being alert is, is very high. I mean, they spot everything. They see everything. I mean, there are kids that can make ninja stars out of paper. And I mean, and I'm talking sharp, you know, out of pieces of paper. And I mean, it's like, what would make a kid think of this? I mean, drawing? They could draw you just sitting on the couch. So they're very gifted. But, you know, there's another part to this. So here we go. So she asked him what his favorite video games were. He began to give us a shocking account of Beyblade and said that he and his brother played it extensively. His mother had innocently bought this game to keep him occupied, but she literally lay on, on my office floor in horror as she recounted the game's violence in demonic overtones. He clearly identified the game players in terms of demons and Satan. I said, perhaps that's not a good game to play. He insistently stood up, became violent, and started yelling at me in deep tones uh, that no one would take him from that world. Okay, so you guys pay attention to this because I'm gonna we're gonna hear a couple of videos in a few where we know that this is true. All right. On other occasions, um, I've also been asked by clients about a new game called Skylanders. One was about uh, to uh, acquisites, I meant to, I guess they meant um, acquisites. Anyway, acquisites to their sons begging, uh, but thought first to ask me. Here, part of what I found on the game's website: Skylanders must find a piece, must find the pieces, gold coins, which open up the character's highest upgrade battle battle uh, combat move. Uh, to rebuild the fountain of light and save the universe. However, they've all been turned into toys and blown the earth. Players must find these toys and send them back to their world to fight the villains. They do this by placing a toy on the special portal uh, that comes packaged with the game. You know, Easton plays this, so this ought to be interesting for Melissa. And then it says, this is an entire, this is an entry level video game targeted at your youngest players and is replete with new age jargon including portals, soul coins, and universal light. When I shared my findings with my client, they were grateful. It took me only a few minutes to find this information online, but God's children are perishing, are perishing 
for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. This is what we just read. As they are being desensitized early to the demonic realm. Now, I could say that this is true. When I was playing Grand Theft Auto and all those games, I remember, you know, it was almost like you wish that you can do some of the things that you do in the game to people. You know, like you say, you get on a train and someone cuts you off or they take your seat or, you know, you can be there just trying to be quiet and just relax. And you would, you know, someone's back there blasting their headphones, singing their rap music. And there was a part of me that just felt like, you know what? If I could just be like CJ right now and go up there with my, you know, Desert Eagle and just blow, I mean, this was me, and blow his head off. You start to really take in the stuff that you get into. Unless you play these games, people don't really have an understanding of what it actually does to you. But you start to feel exactly like the game, and you want to solve every problem the way that the game does. Not all video games are harmful, of course, and I've only singled out a couple. There are many more. Two secular studies published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology show the following effect of violent video games as reflected in the behaviors of the players. The player develops positive attitudes towards the use of violence. The player develops expectations that others will behave aggressively. The player assumes that others have similar attitudes of aggression. And the player comes to believe that violent solutions are effective and appropriate for solving problems. The player develops a total disregard for social or for societal norms uh, property rights and even the general values of their of other lives. Now you know that this is true because you don't have a degraded society today of children that don't play these games. Obviously they are degenerating, they are falling apart, though they may be good with technology as we talked about, they're becoming very beast-like in nature. I mean disrespecting parents, I mean I feel so bad for some of the teachers in the school, I mean they get punched in the face every day. I mean, kids just take it upon themselves to just crack them one just because they couldn't get what they wanted from them. So, I mean, although you have this, you got kids that will take um, Play-Doh or whatever they call it, Silly Putty, and make obscene things and then walk around like that talking about, hey, this is me, you know, this is whatever. Right in the middle of the class, disrupting everything. You know, bleak Donald Trump and all this other stuff. But this is the society of children that we have. So you know that if this isn't Satan doing this, then what could? What can actually turn children away from doing the things of being normal kids and innocents than knowing more about sex than their own parents? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is crazy. If anyone wants to add anything, they can. If not, I'll just continue. Anybody? Good? Okay. So it says... Um, I think I read that part already. Uh, violent video games have an addictive nature. Playing can make um, an already aggressive person even more aggressive. The player becomes more aggressive, changes his outlook on life, and socializing and tends to socialize with others who uh, demonstrate similar attitudes of aggression. The player's socialization uh, with teachers, parents, and non-aggressive peers are likely to degenerate. Sadly, there are not that many deliverance ministries that are working with children to overcome these open doors and deal with the extreme cases. 
So, you know, deliverance ministries, they're talking about casting out demons. Excuse me. Uh, those of us who are helping have seen a recent influx of aggression, cutting and suicidal thoughts beginning as early as eight years old. I mean, this is, this is awful. Uh, if you are concerned, take a look at what is in your child's room. Ask God to show you what is lurking behind some of these games. Then um, uh, get help. We are responsible for carrying this generation on our shoulders. Our ceiling is their floor. Okay, so I understand where people are going with this. I get that part, but I think what's missing is God because... I remember as a child, there were certain things that you just couldn't have around. Your parents didn't want you to have them because it would be like having a demon in your house free of charge. I mean, you know, you just can't live your life and just keep things and expect to keep things that are devilish around you and think that they're going to have no effect. Because the Lord is still cleaning things, you know, away from me. Like, okay, you think this is cool? No, they're not. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter... Um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll start at verse 3. And I see it, and I feel so bad for some of these kids and the things that they go through. I mean, it's really an awful thing to see. And because the parents don't know anything about this, what do you think they'll do next? Well, he's not acting right. He needs more meds. We need to take him to a psychologist. And everyone knows a psychologist and psychiatrist, they may tell you what the problem is, but they have no solution for it. And that's what's difference between, you know, God's um, word and, and, you know, these psychologists, because they can only go but so far. They can diagnose, oh, his problem is definitely the games, but they can't tell you how to deal with that issue. All right, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, and it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, you know, as believers, if you got kids out there that are doing this, if you know kids that are engaged in it, it's clear that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. You can throw a game out and it doesn't, I mean, yeah, that'll help to some degree. But if you give that kid enough freedom to choose his own things, what do you think the beast is going to choose? That which accommodates the beast. There is nothing worse than working with kids throughout the day. Now, you know, when we were in school that there was a discipline that we had where you got to get your schoolwork done. If you even had a calculator, it needed to be put away. If you had any toys that you brought from home, these things needed to be put away so you could focus. But in this arena, it's almost like if the kid is acting up and going crazy, the solution is, well, maybe he needs a break. Let's give him his favorite game so he can play it. Or if the kid is highly escalated and wants to, you know, be angry and do things, then right away you start asking him, Oh, so did you like that Mortal Kombat 2nd Edition? So, And then you can see like the spell come off of the kid, and now he's back with you because you're, a, you're soothing the savage beast. This is how crazy it can be. You know, that the, the kid won't respond to doing your homework or doing anything like that. I mean, they're flipping out. I'm not doing no work and this and that. And they'd be, oh, so uh, did you like that, you know, 
that game that you had and oh how far did you get how many levels and then the kid will just like I said the spell will go off the eyes and then they're oh yeah um, and when I got to section three this happened and blah 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 and it's I mean it's sad to see that you have to accommodate this nature with appeasing it other than saying man this is demonic trash you need this stuff out of your life and then we're going to um, check out a few clips of parents that have done this and you watch the demons manifest in the kids right away I mean it's pretty scary but the thing is is it says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal okay they're mighty so these demonic games are strongholds in people's lives you may not be addicted today but I guarantee you if you keep playing you will get hooked it's just like a drug what does it introduce you to a reality outside of the real world now you know of Satan and his matrix most people drink to escape reality a lot of people do drugs to escape reality people play video games and watch movies or computer games Sorry. All right. So uh, back to where we were. Awake. Like, no. Exactly. The enemy doesn't want this getting out. <laughs> no, exactly. The enemy doesn't want this getting out. So have somebody call you. Okay. But, you know, the thing is, is casting down the imaginations. I have seen video games where, like I was talking about the other day, I forgot. I think it's called Biblical something. If anybody knows, man, that would be good if they could just look it up. But... There is, um, you can get biblical characters, and one of them is Satan, and the other one is Jesus. Well, you know, a make-believe Jesus or whatever. But they would put them side by side, and, you know, Jesus can either beat Satan or Satan beats Jesus. But the Jesus character looks so frail and so weak, and the Satan character looks like, you know, a buff destroyer. So, you know, when he beats the Jesus character, they show the Jesus character laying down, and it'll say literally, Satan wins. Okay, just like Mortal Kombat. So kids are being programmed in their imaginations that that which is bad is good, you know, and that which is good is, you know, nothing. So if the devil can even, like we talked about how he's a destroyer, if he can use video games to get your imaginations away from Jesus, this guy is going to do it. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. And that's one thing about him. He has no rules. He doesn't care how he gets the job done. He's just going to get it done. And so we've got to guard our eyes and our ears from this. Let's go to Psalm 101. I got a whole bunch of stuff here, man. Alright, look at this one. It says, Swedish boy collapses after 20-hour World of Warcraft binge. So the kid played for 20 hours straight and collapsed. You don't think that's got something to do with demons? A 15-year-old boy from western Sweden collapsed and went into convulsions on Sunday afternoon after playing the World of Warcraft computer game for 20 hours straight. The boy was one of seven friends who had gathered on Saturday at the 15-year-old's home in, uh, in La Home, I guess that's what it is, La Home, for it to play the video game, the new version of which was released last week in Sweden. Now, I don't know 
This can be an old article, but either way, this is what went on. They played all day and all night. Maybe they got uh, a few hours of sleep. They ate a little food and breakfast at their computers. The boy's father told the uh, Kevil Poston newspaper. Uh, I guess that's a place in Sweden. I've never heard of it. Kaval, Kavals Poston. Forgive me for not knowing the pronunciation. Uh, at uh, around 2 p.m. on Sunday, the boy had what appeared to be an epileptic seizure. We were terrified and called rescue services, uh, said the father. At the hospitals, doctors said the boy's bodily system had been thrown off by a combination of sleep deprivation, lack of food, and too long a stretch of concentrated, of concentrated game playing. Okay, so again, like they said, what can do it? What can make someone play for 20 hours straight? Did you guys know that Jimi Hendrix, when he was out, when he was doing his thing, that he would play guitar for 12 hours straight? I mean, people even wondered, man, when did this guy even go to the bathroom or whatever? He'd be up there performing, but what did he used to do? Slice his forehead open, or he would take bacon, you know. Um, I think they say he would take greasy bacon, just cooked, put it on his forehead, and it would it would give him huge zits, okay? So then he would slice the zits open, take his, um, you know, band that he used to wear, soak it in LSD, and wrap it around his head so he could get a straight trip, a straight high that he could play for 12 hours straight. Now, you know, LSD was that type of drug that was like a, a CIA experiment that would open you up to the spirit realm, filling you with demons. So what do you think these video games would do? I couldn't see myself doing anything for 20 hours, and that even includes sleeping. So what do you think is motivating this kid to do what he's doing? Only demons, only that type of stuff can get you caught up. Now, I believe also this is a type of enchantment. And the Bible speaks against enchantment. What is enchantment or incantation? That is hypnotism. These games can hypnotize you that you can just get so locked in. I mean, how many times, if no one believes this, how many times were you ever watching TV and your mom or your girlfriend or your wife or your sister called out to you, I mean loud, and you're still into the game, or you're still into whatever. And they're like, did you not hear what I just said? And you're like, huh, what? I mean, you don't think it's hypnotizing? You heard the sound, but you couldn't take your eyes off of what you were hooked at. I mean, it's not just these video games. Even TV can be crazy. I remember watching so many um, sports games, I mean, sports um, shows back in the days. It could be the World Series or something, and my team's playing. Now, I was so crazy with this that I felt like if I was sitting a certain way and they got a hit, I wouldn't move. I, I don't even think I would breathe. I would just stand there like, that. well, they got a hit, so I'm not going to move. So someone would come in the room and they strike out, and I would say, see, everything was fine until you came in the room, and that's when this happened. Or some people even get crazy with it and say, I'm going to turn the TV back off because it seems like when I turned it off, they will win. I mean, come on. If anybody can be realistic with that, but then if you start watching it, they start losing again. This is the type of psychotic behavior that can happen. Now, you know that if there are millions of people watching this show, how can you turning the TV off and on make any difference in the game being played? Well, it but, does. What's that? It does. <laughs> yeah, to you, right? <laughs> Your mind. But I mean, it could just drive a person crazy with this stuff. 
All right, so it says, um, so sleep dep deprivation and uh, lack of food and um, too long a stretch of concentrated uh, game playing. While the boy is expected to make a full recovery, his father said he plans on limiting the amount of time his son is allowed to play computer games. So you see, the father still doesn't get it. All right, if this thing can drive you up the wall, why would you even leave it in your house so it can just drive you to the floor? I mean, you would want to get rid of it completely because you see that this is a problem. So the father's going to limit his time. I imagine he goes off to work and the boy will be there playing it again for as long as he wants. So this is still not wanting to let go of that which, you know, is not good. Uh, he has um, taken it upon himself to warn parents of the other boys about the dangers of extended game playing. They also think the boys need to reduce the amount of time they play and will themselves be more vigilant, said the father. Officials from the Game Over Treatment uh, Center in uh, Linkoping, I guess that is, in central Sweden, um, <laughs> have noticed a spike in calls from concerning parents or concerned parents since the release of this latest World of Warcraft installment, uh, Wrath of the Lich King. That's what it's called. I've been a it's been a huge problem. We have parents who call every day and ask, saying, uh, "said game overs, a uh, meal backline uh, to the Svetka. I guess that's what it's called. Dog blood dot <laughs> a newspaper. She has seen a steady rise in computer game addiction, uh, with most cases stemming from the playing online." fantasy games such as World of Warcraft and Counter-Strike. So, you know, this is again what we've been dealing with, and this has got to be demonic oppression. Where did I say go? Are we in any particular place? Psalm 101. Psalm 101. Okay, thanks. See, I'm getting addicted to reading this. My mind's being taken off. Alright, so what does Psalm 101 say? I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. So this is David again, giving the Lord his mercy. I mean, giving, uh, praising the Lord for his mercy and his judgment. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. You know, interesting things about wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is just information you can obtain and you can use in any way you like. But wisdom shows you how to, what to do with that knowledge or how to live. So that's why wisdom is much greater than knowledge because you'll have some of the wisest people in the world will get hooked on things like this and destroy their lives or get hooked on drugs or other things. But when you have wisdom, especially God's wisdom, it teaches you, you know, this is dangerous. You need to stay away from it. You need to walk this way. You need to get certain things out of your life so things can be right. But knowledge is just something, oh, I know how this works. I know about this. I know about that. That can be turned around. All right, so it says, He will behave himself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So he says that he won't even set anything wicked before his eyes, and he hates the work of them that makes you turn back. So David is not taking any chances with his salvation. He's making it clear, I'm not going to look it upon anything evil, and I'm not going to indulge in anything evil that will turn me back. He said, those things 
will not cleave to me. So he wants his slate clean. He doesn't want to be involved in anything that is not of God. A froward heart shall depart from thee. I will not know a wicked person. So what is a froward heart? It's a perverse heart. And I'll tell you, even playing these games, I've seen in some of the Grand Theft Auto games how, you know, while, while you're going through town causing mayhem, killing, robbing, and doing everything else, that in these games you can actually stop somewhere, pick up a, a prostitute, and then go and park somewhere, and then it'll look like they're actually doing something. And you can actually hear kids telling me about this, excited about this stuff going on. So you see how a heart can even be made forward or perverse, even from video games. Every little thing that we take in, you know, it can be perverse. So he says, I will not know a wicked person. So not only does he not want to be a part of anything like that, he doesn't want to be associated with anything like that. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor will I cut off. Him that having high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. So he says, My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, which is focused on the Lord, that they, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So this is David obviously speaking what the Lord has told him, that if you walk in a perfect way, you will serve the Lord and nothing else. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house, he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Now, I can tell you firsthand, even from some of these characters in these games, even in movies, you know, um, as a kid, I was even addicted to Scarface. Everything Tony Montana did, I wanted to do. Even though this guy was a criminal, a drug dealer, a murderer. But because he seemed so... If you ever notice in a lot of movies and shows, the good guys look like they're corny, regular household scruffy dude. But the bad guy is always the cool one that's got the girls. He's dressed nice. He's got all these things that would draw you more towards him. He might even be smarter than the, than the hero of the movie. But it's like these are, these are the tricks that the enemy will use to try and draw you in. So for me, let's go to Matthew 6. Let's hear what Jesus got to say about some of this. Matthew 6. And at one time, I was going to say there's nothing wrong with it. But you know what? I am beginning to believe that there is something wrong with a grown man playing video games. Because I know that sounds fun and it's cool and everything. But if you're 40 or 30-something years old playing video games, think about this. There, that means there's things in life that are just not that important to you. Think about that. At the age of 30-something, your mind should be focused on so many other things. These are what the Bible calls youthful, youthful lust, that you're just still clinging to these things as if they're that important. And I remember my dad teasing me one day. We were, um, uh, I think I was playing a game. I was like 29 at the time, and my dad was like, you know, Derek, you're almost 30, and you're sitting there playing these games. He's like, don't you want to, like, focus on other things in your life? And I'm like, what's wrong with that? I work. I do this. I do that. So why is there a problem? And he's looking at it like, because, and I think that a, a guy like him could understand because there were no video games in his time. So he can't really understand how a grown man can want to play games. My dad married my mom. I think they were 20, 21, 22. My dad was taking care of his family from that point on. A man working 
dealing with real life issues, you know, and, and moving forward. But me, you know, because I was more, you know, selfish and I'm in the age of all this technology. I want to indulge in self, not worried about a wife, not worried about kids, not worried about how I'm going to make it in the world and do those things that are important. And I'll tell you a big part of maturity is what you want to do for the generation that proceed, that, that comes after you. Think about it. I mean, you can only live so much for self before it's time to commit to something greater than you. And this is why when people die, what do they say? He is survived by two kids, you know, or two daughters, and, and, and you know, whatever, and, and a son. But the point is, is you can only indulge in so much in this life for self before you commit to the next stream, which is sacrificing for your children that they may know the Lord. That's another good reason to have kids. So they can be one to Jesus Christ. But these games, it's like the fun will never end. I remember my fiance at the time, Derek, you know, hang out with me, spend time with me. And I'm just, all right, if I, if I get time, she used to have to compromise. All right, if I let you play that game, we get to go out, you know, um, for at least two hours or whatever. And I'd say, okay, fine, deal. You know what happened when that two hours was up? I was angry, all right? And then we went out to dinner. She's sitting there all happy that I agreed to what she wanted, but I'm like this. Man, I wish she would shut up. I just want to go back and play this game. You know, look at her selfishness wanting to bring me out, keeping me from something that I like to do. Now, her selfishness, what about mine if I'm considered in a relationship? But this is what can happen to a person, and that's all I'm saying, that we can be arrested in development playing these games, and we won't grow. These things will keep you young. So let's go to Matthew 6. The indulgence is the opposite of being fruitful and multiplying. It really is. And this is why even when you go to Matthew 13 and it talks about the cares of this life choke them off and they become unfruitful, this is kind of like what the Lord is talking about. Excuse me. Time dedicated to that and not to him. All right, so we'll start in verse 19, and it says, this is Matthew 6 and 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Now, some people would say, these aren't treasures. Yeah, take your kid's game out of your room and see if he won't attack you. All right, these are treasures to these kids. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So it was real easy for this guy to want to kick his wife out of the house because his heart was with whatever game he was playing, World of Warcraft. It wasn't with her. So it was easy. it was an easy decision to make. Now some people would say, no, it's just because he liked the game. And how could you tell someone, I love you, you go through your vows till death do us part, but you are parted by a senseless video game that is on screen not doing anything. And you wonder, how can this win over your wife? Well, because where his treasure is, there is his heart. Okay, so this is easy. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Okay, but if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, 
How great is that darkness? So when they say that the eyes are the windows to the soul, you better believe it because through those eyes, you can be enticed to do things that are of God or of the enemy. And Satan knows this. This is why he crowds us with so much fun and excitement and lust and entertainment. Because if he can get you focused on this world, you can't believe God. So what you watch is important. And I don't care what Christians want to argue with me over this or people out there that say, no, it's just watching it. You just got to know how to control it. No, it's more to it than that. There's a responsibility to keep your mind focused on Jesus Christ to not be infected by the world, because all it takes is a little bit in, and believe me, you can't open the crack of the door to the devil and just say, hey, what do you want? If you open that door a little bit, he's going to kick the door open, like I heard Sarah say one time, he's like an uninvited guest. You know, somebody that just comes in, hey, knock on the door, and he may look like he's a Jehovah Witness or selling something, but man, if they knock, he'll knock that door open if you just give him a little bit of room to work. A little bit of room. Okay, so um, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So mammon is not just money. Mammon is also, you know, that which is like abundant to you, that which you take serious or you, or you find productive. Now, you know, this can go according to these games. If you can play a game for 20 hours straight and you can be deprived of sleep, this thing is your master. Don't be fooled and believe that, no, this is just entertainment or a hobby that I love. People play tennis for hobbies, okay? People knit and crochet and do other things for hobbies. But whenever you can be drawn to something for 20 hours straight and not even pay attention to things that are important like food, water, and sleep, this thing is your master. This thing tells you when to wake up. This thing tells you when to go to bed. This thing even tells you who you want around you. I remember Richard Pryor was telling a story about when he was on drugs. Because this thing is a drug. These games are drugs. But when Richard Pryor was talking about when he was high on the crack, that he said that for whatever reason, this thing would, this pipe would speak to him and would tell him, hey, don't wash. You know, we're going to stay up in this room together for days, if need be, until I'm satisfied. He said this thing would talk to him and say, you know, you let me get a little low the other day. I don't like that. Keep this pipe full or I'm going to hurt you. I'm telling you, Richard, this is what's necessary. Don't think that these games don't speak to people like this. That will tell you, hey, you need to finish this mission. Even if, hey, pretend that you're sick. So you can stay home from school, all right? You can, you know, what kids used to do, tape soap under your arm so it would give you a fever, all right? Once your mom checks you and you got a fever and she goes off to work because you're homesick, you wash it off. I shouldn't even be mentioning this because there may be kids listening that may try this, but the thing is is that they may wash it off and then go and sit and play that game. So if something has this much control over you, it should be taken seriously because this is your master. So let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Anybody want to add anything they can? I'm telling you. <laughs>
unless we understand our war with demons, you ain't going to get far walking with the Lord because the devil's got too many tricks. Demons will make you put more of that armor on, you know, when you recognize what's what. He's talking about a helmet of salvation. And then you go to Ephesians 6 where it talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. Can you imagine what you have to put in front of you so the enemy won't get through? You don't think playing these games will affect your shield of faith? Because you can't be into God if you're into this. You're going to place your faith in this game. And you know what you'll say? God will understand if I'm playing this game. You know, God knows we all have things that we like and we can have fun with. Yeah, try it and see. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll start at verse 1. Uh, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Again, that's another thing that this these games can do to a person. It'll make you neglect your faith, okay, or your grace. When God gives us grace, it's for us to be saved, that we may be we use this time to be like him. But if we're not under God's grace, think about what we're doing. We'll take it for granted. Well, he gave us grace, but... I can have fun and indulge. No, he's giving you grace to get it right. Verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him, who has chosen him to be a soldier. So the Lord wants us to be soldiers for him. But he said, if you really war for Jesus, you can't be entangled in the affairs of this life. Now imagine just being entangled into this life's affairs, and then there's virtual reality life affairs, not even real. So imagine the devil even pulling you out of reality just to go into his reality. That's another thing that this stuff does. Wait till we get to Pokemon Go, because I want everybody to hear this when we get there. But it says in verse 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Okay, so if you're going to labor for Christ, then you first have to get to the fruit of the Spirit in order to work with Christ or be of Him. Verse 7, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So you see how you suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, even unto being bound by things, but God is the word of God isn't bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, we also he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, we cannot he cannot deny himself. Of things of these things put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
So, I mean, even when you talk to Christians on this, how can you even study God's word if you can have things like this have that much control over you? You don't think that you would deny Jesus Christ if you get that hooked into something? He just won't be that important. Verse 16, but shun profane, profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. <laughs> so he's talking about profane and vain babblings. Now profane is, of course, detestable, disgusting, abominable. And then it talks about uh, vain babblings. Vain babblings would be the nonsense that you see in these games or that you see on TV. All right, you might have some hot graphics. You may go and kill a dragon in the game and go and get parts of riches. But this is vain nonsense. This is garbage. I mean, think about it. And, and how many times have you ended a game and you felt like a superstar? You know, and you told everybody about it and you were just, you know, yeah, man, I ended it. I mean, you can see. You would even freeze the screen or leave it that way so people can believe that you ended it when they come home and say, see, this was the end. This stuff is garbage. This is nonsense. But look at how important virtual reality becomes. So the Lord doesn't want us focused on this. Carlin is laughing because he knows what I'm saying is true. Okay? He knows what I'm saying is true. There's some screenshots of his high scores. <laughs> exactly. You send it in like you achieved something great. <laughs> <laughs> like drop 50 and 2k or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, see? And you know you know what's great about having, um, you know, like a woman in your life? Because a lot of women don't get into these games. A lot of men, a lot of women do too, though. But what's great about this is I remember being excited about some of these games. And I would wait for my girlfriend to come home or, you know, fiance, whatever, she'd come home. And I'm like, look. Oh, oh, I saved it just in time because I want you to see the end. And I remember her looking in. Nice. And then she would go put the groceries on the table, go and start dinner and do whatever. But she did not care. You know, it was not important to her. What was more important to her is what's going to happen with her and I. You know, let's talk about reality, honey. I know you like these games, but this is childish. And when they say that to you, don't you get mad? <laughs> well, why you got to have a problem with what I like? Because it's foolishness, man. Now you can look back on it and say, I'm glad she wasn't interested in this because it was stupid. All right? Grown man. You know, upset about a game. <laughs> anyway, so, verse 17. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, I mean, is, is Hymenaeus uh, and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, we're not even going to question tonight whether this games are iniquity. I think we've heard enough tonight, even though we're going to hear more. These games will pull you away from the Lord. There is nothing Christ-centered in these games. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some, of, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified to meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, 
which is, you know, agape, which is selfless love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes. So again, you know, this is also speaking of these youthful lusts. Um, you know, you're going to have problems with a lot of this stuff if you don't know to kick it. You will get arrested in your development. And this is how you can have 50-year-old men still into rap music, still trying to break down Jay-Z's lyrics, still thinking that they're deep when all they are is nursery school rhymes to beats. The same thing that these games are. You know, you ever play like Pac-Man, you see people playing, or, or a racing game, you know, and you, all you got is a controller, but why are you doing this as if you are moving what's on the screen? If you turn your, um, you know, you push the button that tells you to go left or right, it will work. But you can get so sucked into this stuff that it becomes your reality. You got people ready to fall off the seat trying to make a sharp left. Don't tell me these things can't mess with your reality. All right, so we should flee youthful lust because these things are not of God. All right, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. I can tell you, even though Paul is talking to Timothy here about what a minister should be and what a man of the faith should be, I can tell you now, these games made me violent. I would take my um, controller when I lost and throw it at the screen with full might. It's a wonder that it didn't break. I would take it and throw it behind me. I didn't even know if anyone was back there that I could have put their eye out. But at the time, I didn't care. I'm screaming, waking up my neighbors, and the game is cheating. You ever hear people? The game is lying. Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's like, man, this is nonsense. But they blame everyone else. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves in God peradventure, perhaps, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of a snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So if the devil can entice you to get into anything, he can hold you captive. And see, this is why people think that the devil is a joke. You know why? Because you don't have any manifested power yourself. If the devil knows that he can keep you bound to video games and to TV, why should he have to come there and show you some spiritual power? That's a waste of his time. All I got to do is put on your favorite show and you're not watching the God. You're not listening to Jesus Christ. So as far as I'm concerned, that's it. So the devil will never go out of his way to do something extra if he can bound you with the slightest of things. But as you get closer to Jesus Christ and we start to die daily to him and we put these things aside, don't be shocked that one day he won't manifest to you, you know, out somewhere and you're going to have to do battle with him because at this point he knows that you're getting there and the Lord knows that you're there. But don't think, you know, we want to get deep revelation and deal with the devil we don't have to fight the devil like that if he's got you bound to this. Because as long as you're hooked into this, you can't do the things of God. Let's go to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 and verse 30. Anybody want to add anything they can? And I'm going to get this video ready. Another thing, too, about like violent video games... It's mm -hmm. like, 
the fact that they're violent means all of your reward comes from doing violent acts inside mm-hmm. a video game, you know? So you feel good about being violent. Exactly. Exactly. It will have some effect on you. Because if your hero is a murderer, what do you think that's going to do to your frame of mind? If he's going around robbing and stealing and you're entertained by that, then that means that theft, you know, lying, stealing, fornicating, whatever these games are doing, is going to make you happy about that. You know, Carlin is right. I mean, you're watching evil and you're cheering it on. And you think that's the way to be successful. Exactly. Like teaching you a way. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't have as many thugs if thugs didn't come in um, spiritual form. It really is a nature. Look at verse um, Proverbs 8 and 30. Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily, and I was uh, daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the inhabitable part of his earth, and my delight were with uh, the sons of men. So his delight was with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. So that means you're waiting to hear from the Lord. This is talking relationship, okay, with Jesus Christ. Or I believe this is Jesus, but with God, you know. 35, for whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor with the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All that, all they that hate me love death. Okay, so this is how a person can become even extremely violent playing these games. These things will turn your heart away from the Lord. There's no doubt about it. God would not, imagine the Holy Ghost sitting there with you while you blowing people's heads off, stealing cars and doing things. How could that be entertaining to the Lord? I mean, come on, it's violence. It's just a display of wickedness. I want to go to another part that makes sense with this too. I want to go to, um, let's see. Uh, Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians 10, and we'll start at verse 1. I want to get this thing played because I don't want to forget you guys are going to have to see this. Alright, now this is a kid that had World of Warcraft taken away from him by his um by his uh dad. It's about to go down. And his brother films it and says, Guys, you gotta see this. My dad took my brother's game away again. So the guy hides it uh, hides the um hidden camera and runs off out of the room so he can watch his brother flip out. Now if this isn't demonic, you tell me. Okay, my mom just canceled my brother's uh, World of Warcraft account, and he is putting it out. Oh, come on. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, oh, my God. 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 Oh, my God.
Come up out of that coma. Yeah, <laughs> I told him to shut up. I guess he kind of calmed down, but I mean, clearly that's demonic. I mean, totally. You see what he tried to do with the remote? Yeah. I mean, that, that's wild. Look at this one. But this is how people can become demonic possessed. Okay, my brother's playing <laughs> a game online and. Uh, somebody keeps betraying him and he doesn't know who it is and it's secret to me because I'm on my mom's laptop right, listening, listen to me flipping out dude freaking wow Oh my freaking god! I'm gonna kill you! I will! 
This is how serious it is concerning, I mean, demonic possession. I mean, this guy's talking about killing somebody just because of he's getting betrayed in a game online. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this guy's really got a heart for murder playing this game. And I mean, eventually, he may just do it. Did he say he would eat or kill his firstborn baby? Eat. Yeah, and then eat, eat, eat your kids and all that. Who I gets mean, that? And I know that there are parents out there that know that this is true, that you've tried to do this. I mean, it's like, don't be afraid of your kid. Get full of the Holy Ghost and cast that demon right out of them. This is what you need. You want to kill somebody? Just go mow the lawn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. First Corinthians chapter 10. We'll start at verse one. Everybody there? All right. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized unto Moses and in a cloud in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. And they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, I want to make this clear that we've talked many times about how, you know, the wilderness is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, you can have a lot of people out there that may want to pursue Jesus, and they get caught in their wilderness, which is where they care about the things of this life. But, you know, that wilderness, if it's your mind, will, and your emotions, looking out, you can get caught up thinking what is important, and be trapped in the wilderness of your own mind, being straight away from the truth and following Jesus Christ. Look at how you can stay. The devil would love to keep you in the wilderness so that you can't break by that and get into the spirit. So, you know, this is what needs to be overthrown because this is why God is not pleased. He's always, he's never pleased with soul dwellers. Okay, soul dwellers only get halfway there and then they turn around and they go back. But those that are in the spirit, they seek the promised land. So as long as you're in the soul, if you're in the wilderness, if you're in the inner court, you can't please God. That's just part of it is being in that self-reflective place. But the Lord wants you to keep going, faith to faith, glory to glory. He doesn't want you stuck here because once you're stuck in your mind, your will, and especially your emotions, you can't do the things of God. Because these things of the world are too real to you. Verse 6. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So you see what held them back? Their wills were outside of God. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as it is written. 
the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. All right, so this is talking about the time when Moses had gone up to get the Ten Commandments, and you had the people down there. Their minds were still in the wilderness. They were playing. They were all about looking for that self-indulgence. And what happened? They ended up building a golden calf to self, turning their eyes away from God, but worshiping this calf. Okay, so these, these, these games, you know they're idolaters. They're idols. Anytime that you can buy, this guy spent all his money on these games, but didn't have enough money for his wife or kid. You don't think that's an idol worship? Because you're blessing the video game. You're giving the game something. You know, this is an offering to you. Great game. You know, I'd like you to have this. But then, you know, when your wife is talking about, we need food. Eh, you know, I don't have the money. This thing is your God. Exactly. Verse 8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Now, you know that fornication itself is a big word. You know, it can also mean spiritual fornication, which can be, you know, like harlotry. You're out there playing with the world or other things outside of the Lord. Then it says, neither let us tempt Christ as some, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. You know, we did a good teaching on that um, last week. Now, all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our warning, our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There, um, there have no temptation taken you but such um, as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will um, the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now see, with this game, these games, it seems like you have no choice. You get drawn in. It's not like you can be, you know, somewhat tempted and you can say, all right, I'm done with it. Let me put it away. This thing will eventually have its way with you. Now look at verse 14. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, free from idolatry. So if you go back to 13, it talks about there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Okay, so this is why they can say um, um, what a man seemeth. Uh, oh, man. There are things that seem harmless to a man or right unto a man, but in the end are the ways of death. These things, these people are tempted of things that are common to man, but God is faithful. So it's talking about God won't allow you to be tempted like this. And then 14 says, wherefore, my dearly beloved, free from idolatry. So we're speaking of idols that we can make. Now, this thing started in the wilderness. So this is where you know the idols live, because once you're in the spirit, you're with Christ. All right. Then it says in verse 15, I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the, um, in communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is is it not in communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then? that the idol is anything or or that which is 
offered in sacrifice to idols is anything. But I say unto you, but I say that the things which the Gentiles, which the worldly people sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So this is saying in a nutshell that let's just say we did have the money to make this brilliant video game with all these ideas. Because, you know, this is what the Lord checked me from what I said the other day. But let's just say that we did have all this money to make a brilliant video game about the Bible and about how accurate Jesus Christ is and how he would come back one day to destroy this whole, you know, everything that is evil. Do you realize that even that is something that God wouldn't be interested in? Because it's not it's nothing to do with the spirit. You know, it's, it's nothing to do with relationship with God. I see how it can draw people, but what do you think would happen? When the temple was built, did they worship the temple or did they worship God in the temple? Many people worship the temple. They worship the gold in the temple. So if you would have had a video game that was about Jesus Christ, think about this. You would be playing the game and this would be your Jesus. <laughs> this would, oh Lord, I'm going to do battle with the devil today. Now let's hook this game on up so I can go and slay the demons for Jesus. And what is the devil doing? Sitting back laughing his tail off because he's got you caught up in something that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. All right, so then it says, um, Ye cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and of the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Or are we stronger than he? Now we can imagine we make the Lord angry. If we're sitting there playing these video games for hours and you're not even sleeping, the Lord is like, you won't even pray to me before bed. And you're sitting here playing this game, <laughs> neglecting your wife. But see, God doesn't like to be on the bottom because this same person, if you told them they couldn't play video games anymore, what would happen next is, all right, then they say, all right, now you can either choose your wife or you can get on your knees and pray or read your Bible. Guess what he's going to choose? The same wife that he threw away from the video game. So God would still come up last. So this is why the Lord is saying, you know, don't provoke him to jealousy. We're not stronger than him. Verse 23, this is the key. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Okay, so there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't play a video game. But see, by the Spirit of God, we know that these games have nothing to do with Christ. So he said, all things are expedient. Yeah, you play the game, but they're not beneficial for you. They have nothing to do with growth. All they do is waste time. Then he says, these things don't even edify. So while you're sitting there playing the game, you've got no real understanding. It's foolishness. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, asketh no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is where our mind should be focused on Jesus Christ. Not in the realm of playing, not in the realm of foolishness, not in the realm of anything that has nothing to do with him. 1 Corinthians 13, since we're already here. Alright, then he says, um, you know, he goes into the whole chapter of love when he says in verse 8, Charity never faileth, but what, but uh, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there shall be tongues, or they be tongues, 
they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part that we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which shall be in part shall be done away. So he's talking about getting down to the nitty gritty. When we get to the place with Christ and Jesus Christ returns, all these things will be done away. But notice that it takes a mature person to deal with what Paul just said up until this point. It takes someone that is not focused on worldly things and understands the, the, the warning to serve the Lord and do the Lord's will. Look at verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Okay, so that tells us there that there should be a place in maturity that we can't get into those things. We need to be focused on meaningful things. Because how can you really sit there and play video games for hours and you got people going to hell? You got kids dying, kids being molested, all sorts of evil and wickedness going on, but somehow you want to escape reality through PS4. You know, it's a, you can't love your brother. That makes you evil. That there are people out there that need the Lord, that have needs, and you're sitting here paying homage to a machine that can't do anything for you but help you get away. It's crazy. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 11. I'm not going to go much longer. There's not a whole lot you can say concerning video games, but, you know, um, look at this, man. This is crazy. Woman tells police she was raped by a Pokemon Go character after she fell in assault in a virtual reality game detected the creature in her bedroom. The woman said she woke up and find, um, to find a Pokemon on top of her in bed. Uh, she had been playing uh, the popular game in her home before she slept. Police dismissed her claim and told her to seek psychiatric help. Pokemon Go was downloaded 15 million times uh, in its first week in the U.S. Players use GPS to locate, capture, battle, and train virtual creatures. Okay, so let's not look at this from the police telling us she needs psychiatric help. Now, we know that there are such demons as incubus and succubus. You know, one is male, the other is female. They visit people in their sleep. Marilyn Monroe said many times, okay, that she was raped by demons, okay, when she was in that occult world dealing with things. I do believe that if you invite this stuff into your home, I don't think this, this woman is lying one bit. Why would she wake up and tell people that if it wasn't true? No one could be that crazy, all right? She wasn't tripping off of Pihoti or any of that stuff. She was really dealing with something that really happened. Police say a young woman had lodged a formal complaint that she has been raped by a Pokemon. She told officers that she had been sexually assaulted by a giant Pokemon in her apartment in a Russian capital city of Moscow. And married, the married woman, whose name has not been released, was reportedly been uh, playing Pokemon Go before she fell asleep. So see, you invite this stuff in, and there's no telling what can come of it. She claimed that she woke up to find a huge Pokemon lying on top of her body and, and um, says it was raping her. Uh, the game has proved hugely popular with the free app. Okay, it says, was it you? The monsters can be found and captured in cities and towns across the globe. The game has proved hugely popular with the free app. 
uh, downloaded 50 million times in the first week. Uh, the woman says the Pokemon disappeared when she jumped out of bed, but says uh, the Pokemon Go app on her phone could still detect the same virtual creature's presence on her bed. So the, the, the app could actually say that it was there. It could still be detected, but this went on. I believe this. Because what is Pokemon? Pokemon just simply means pocket monster. What is a monster? You know, see, we lose sight of things, but, you know, these things can be demons. I believe this woman's story. You guys can call me crazy. She woke up uh, her husband to tell her uh, to tell her what had happened. She woke up her husband to tell her what had happened. Hopefully it meant him, because we may be dealing with something else. <laughs> What had happened, uh, who told police officers that he did not believe her and told her to seek, psych seek psychiatrists. Russian news website Blocknot reports that the police did not believe her either and that the woman uh, then went to see a psychic uh, who was unable to help her. She should have sought the Lord. He would have told her exactly who this was. Okay, uh, Ivan uh, Makarov. The woman's friend said, uh, she says there are too many Pokemon at her place, and even the dog can sense them. Mm -hmm. She says the dog barks whenever she plays Pokemon Go. Mr. Uh, Makarov said that his friend had eventually accepted her husband's advice in desperation and had booked an appointment to a psychiatrist. So you see, her own husband didn't believe her. Pokemon Go, a free-to-play location-based augmented uh, reality game for iOS and Android devices has become a huge craze since it launched in July 2016. And you know what? These are not the only things that hasn't happened. I mean, that, that has happened. There are stories of people following these trails playing Pokemon and, and getting uh, robbed at the end of this chasing these things. Then they say you can go and train demons to work for you to fight against some other things. I never played it. But there are people getting hit by cars playing this game. People walking off of cliffs playing this game. Because this becomes your reality over time. I believe this woman's story. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go with what's crazy. Because we know that if we speak spiritually, we're already talking to natural minds that would think we were crazy. What do you think they're going to say about you when you've had real experiences with Jesus? Throw him in the nut house. He's crazy. So I'm going to stick with anybody that believes in the otherworldly. Oh, yeah, totally. These people need our support. Because, I mean, people will laugh and say a lot of things about you, but you know these things are true. All right. Uh, this is Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 7, and it says, Truly the light is sweet and the pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in this in, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer, cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things... God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from the flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. So you see, just because you're sitting here indulging in things that are not of God as a kid for entertainment, 
These things will all be brought into judgment one day. Okay, so just because you're young is not an excuse. When you know the truth, and even for these parents to know that their children are doing this, they need to escape these youthful lusts. Why? Because they're only going to bring more trouble into these children's lives. What time does... Uh, anybody know what time it is? There is one other thing. 9.40. Yeah, I'm going to read this real quick, but... There's another article saying, uh, Gaming for Satan, New Video Games... Mock the church and glorify Satan. So I'll probably just ask Martin to put that up. Computer games used as a tool to praise Satan. There's a lot of stuff here. Uh, that's what the Pokemon looked like that the woman said that she saw. That they can detect it. You know, little pocket monster. Little demons come in disguise as virtual reality. Alright, this is uh, Pokemon Go. One week ago, a game called Pokemon Go was launched, and over the last seven days, it has become an international phenomenon. It is the first mass market video game to successfully blend uh, successfully blend the real world and the digital world together in a way that the public truly embraces. And it is making headlines all over the planet. At this point, it has almost as many daily active users as Twitter does, and Nintendo's stock price is going crazy as a result. On Monday, it shot up 25%, and on Tuesday, it surged another 13%. In other words, Nintendo is now um, worth billions of dollars more than it used to be. But is there a dark side to Pokemon Go? Is it potentially evil, dangerous, or demonic? Many people would dismiss such questions as complete nonsense, Unlike most video games, Pokemon Go actually requires people to leave their homes, get some exercise, and visit real places. This type of game is being called augmented reality, and it is bringing people together in new and interesting ways. In fact, the Washington Post is reporting that a lot of people are actually ending up in church as they hunt Pokemon creatures. Uh, get ready for Philippians chapter 3. I just want to go there and I'm going to end it. But then it says, but not everything is uh, unicorns and lollipops with this new game. Over the past week, we have seen people commit robberies on, at Pokemon Go locations. And there are very serious data security concerns. And following comes from, um, the following comes from Ricky Scaparo. Uh, new reports are now coming. Uh, in of the practical dangers of this game, such as recent report out of Baltimore where multiple people are robbed playing the Pokemon Go. Last week, uh, last week, uh, Pokemon Go game last week. According to the Baltimore County Police Department, and then there is personal security concerns that have surfaced as a new report indicated that players uh, that have lodged, logged into the game using their Google account, may have given the app permission to go through all their Google data, including emails and website history. Now, I'm sure this has got a lot to do with it, but much more alarming to many is the content of the game itself. As Mayna Lee Grebin has uh, pointed out, Pokemon actually comes from two Japanese words that means pocket monster, meaning um, of the word Pokemon, a contraction of two Japanese words, Poketo and Monsa, and Monsa, 
uh, meaning pocket monster. Definition of monster, a creature that is typically large, ugly, and frightening. Rascal, beast, demon, brute, or devil. <laughs> Imp or devil. Even the Washington Post admits that there are creatures such as a flaming demon in Pokemon Go. As players progress through the game, they collect these monsters and demons, train them, and have them fight against Pokemon owned by others. Uh, here is more from Ricky Scaparo. I'm just going to zip through this real quick. Uh, the Pokemon are supposed to be monsters that have special powers and share the world with humans. Now, what do you guys think of that? <laughs> Remember the time that we're walking into, as it is in the days of Noah. You know, um, the idea of the game is to have the children learn how to collect as many Pokemon as possible, train them, and use them against other people's Pokemon by invoking the various abilities of each Pokemon creature. Pokemon can evolve and pass through various levels, a hundred being the highest. Colored energy cards are sometimes used to aid the Pokemon, but it's just a game, right? Maybe, maybe not. Everything that we do, whether it is a game or not, trains us or conditions us in various ways. Often seeing something in a movie to coming across something in a video game can spark an interest or open a door into something deeper. For instance, occult organizations admit that one of their best recruiting tools is Harry Potter. After reading the books and watching the movies, many have found themselves curious about the occult world. And I'll tell you, on these Harry Potter books, they are talking about real spells that these children are using on their teachers, on their parents. And then you wonder why you can have a 14-year-old boy having sex with his teacher. You know, these kids are doing things, casting spells on people. And, you know, you got some weird stuff happening. Realizing that just considering some of the things that go on in the world of Pokemon... The following comes from um, a Christian apologetics and research ministry. Is Pokemon dangerous? P potentially, yes, it is. It conditions the child who plays the game into accepting occult and evolutionary principles. A uh, haunter can hypnotize, eat a person's dreams, and drain their energy. Abra, like I guess an abracadabra, Abra reads minds. Cadabra admits um, negative energy that harms others. Ghastly induces sleep. Gender laughs at people's fright. Uh, Nidoran uh, uses poison. The psychic type of Pokemon are among the strongest in the game. Uh, Charlemander, Haunter, Ivysaur, I guess that's the name, a Kadabra, and many more evolve. The children are taught to use these creatures to do their will by invoking colored energy cards fights and commands. Much of it is reminiscent of occult and Eastern mysticism. So you see how the devil works his way in? He takes entertainment. He takes speed and convenience. He takes fun to get into you. But uh, it goes even farther than that. According to occult experts, occult expert um, Bill Schnebelin, uh, Pokemon players engage in all sorts of activities that would be considered deeply occult if they were done in real life. Now, Bill Schneblin, he, he got a lot of videos down there that I watched. This guy was into every false religion, including Catholicism and everything, and this guy was a witch. 
and he was into Judaism. So what this guy says is true because he knows all this stuff. Like many video games, Pokemon is riddled with occult concepts. Concepts like magical stones, teleportation, ghost all-seeing eyes, psychic power, and using spirits to achieve results in the real world are all given in the game realm. All of this is contrary to scripture. Uh, the Pokemon games and comics, etc. teach what I have called a magic worldview that is completely opposed to the Bible. The magic worldview is the idea common to all occult belief systems that there is not really any sovereign deity over creation. Instead, creation is ruled by a series of occult laws. In a sense, the universe is like a cosmic vending machine as long as you put the right coin, a ritual or spell, you automatically achieve the desired result. Particularly disturbing is the concept that children are being trained to capture demon-like creatures, train and control them, and use them against others. This is what witches do. Many believe this is closely, uh, closely mirrors what many high-level occultists attempt to do with real demons. Here is more from Bill Snubbler. It's just about done, just a couple of lines. Uh, the magician works from uh, within a specially uh, prepared magic circle, which supposedly protects him from the demon as long as he stays inside it. He uses special magical weapons like a wand, staff, or sword to threaten the demon and make it uh, do his will or her bidding. Once the ritual is successful, supposedly the demon belongs to the magician to do his or her bidding. As long as the stipulations of their contract are kept by sorcerer. Um, often the demon will grant the magician occultic powers or give him or her special talismans to control others. This is a large part of high magic. Now there are barely a dime's worth of, different, of, of difference between this and what goes on in make-believe Pokemon universe. As the Pokemon craze continues to sweep the nation, it is inevitable that this game will be hotly debated in Christian circles. And just like with the Harry Potter books and movies, many will become extremely upset at the suggestion that there might actually be something wrong with Pokemon Go. But we all uh, have a responsibility to evaluate when we are feeding into our minds, and this is especially true if you are a parent or of, of young children. In the end, everyone will do what they think is best for themselves. But as for me in my house, we will definitely be staying away from Pokemon Go. So, you know, that was a point that they brought up because even when you look at games like Breath of the Wild, you know that word for breath is war up. So you can say spirit of the wild, which is not of God. Even Call of Duty, a lot of people didn't know before that game came out, they were training Delta Force and other, um, uh, what do you call those guys? They were training special uh, special forces by playing those games, desensitizing them to violence so they could go out and kill. So, see, the devil makes nothing for nothing. There's always a reason behind what he does. I'll tell you, this guy is slick. All right, Philippians 3 and 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoicing in the Lord, I write the same things to you, and me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. 
Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are all, for we are the, the uh, circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath aware of, he might trust in the flesh, I more. So Paul goes through his life, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, in Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting uh, the church, touching the righteous uh, in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I accounted laws for Christ? Uh, yeah, doubtless, and I um, count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, uh, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Now, I know this is talking about the law, but you got to understand why these games were made. We're going to get into that right now. But these games were not made for your entertainment. The only reason that the devil makes anything in this world is to take your mind off of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that he does this for. I don't care if we're talking about dye in your hair. Okay, if, if you're going to get, because even that's addictive for people. You ever notice? One minute they got pink, next minute they got gold. Then they got to do this, then they got to do that. You think the Lord cares how you look? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking nice, but what I'm saying is even the slightest of things, if the devil can make you conscious of, those things you will get stuck on. Verse 10, I think I am. Uh, nine. nine, okay. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, uh, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now, you cannot die if you're being kept alive in virtual reality. Now, of course, we're talking dying out to self. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained it, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend of uh, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, I'm not telling anybody you did what you had to do before, but now recognize what things are and escape unto Jesus. Because when you know things, it makes you accountable. And I'm speaking to you parents out there because, you know, a lot of this will be ignored because you feel like you can raise your child how you want. You've got a real God, okay, one day that you're going to have to face by not hearkening unto the words of God. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of an high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the enemy wants to keep us from that high calling. If he can cut you down or distract you in any way, he is going to do it. Verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be, I mean, ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So you see, if you're minded on anything outside of God, God will bring things to mind 
that these things you need to not be on and be focused on him. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as yet have us of for an example, or an ensample. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Okay, so what is this, what is this entertainment about? What is anything that is outside of Jesus for? They are the enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. These, these, uh, the, the Lord wants us to die out to self that Christ may be formed in us. The devil wants you to indulge in this false reality just to keep you into self. So, you know, there's a tug of war going on. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and they glory in their shame. Who mind earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, and it may be fashioned like unto his glory, his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So, you know, don't take these games lightly. These games are the enemy of Christ. These things are the enemy of everything that God stands for. And in order for the devil to get you to do his will, he will try and pull you away from the truth. So these things are evil. That is my opinion. I know some people are thinking, yeah, if it is, it's just collecting dust. Burn it, you know? But that's what I think I'm actually going to do today. So, you know, these things are evil, and the Lord needs to get us right with him so that we may do his will. All right? So... That's pretty much the lesson. Uh, Colin, you got something? Yeah. You're going to present, and then we'll um, conclude from there. Perfect. Um, I guess you ended on the scripture I was going to read. Sorry, man. No, that's, that's perfect. Now I can just tell my testimony, I guess. Oh, man. That's bad, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. It just means that's... That's why I was given this experience, you know, just for this. Mm. So it's funny. I remember um, when you first said that you were going to do a video game mm -hmm. lesson. And so I had a pretty wild encounter the very next day. So it was my off day and I had off and um, I spent some time, like actually quite a bit of time just studying the word and the Bible and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in my off time, um, I really like to just kind of make. Is this recently or? No, this is this is a this is way back when you okay. said it. This okay. was like yeah, I want to say I was going to do it for about a year. Right? Yeah, it was almost like eight months. Yeah, I think I said I would. And I like did. when you first started coming, right? Yeah, that, like when I first for the started. Fall. Yeah, mm -hmm. It was a, a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then, so, it was that very next day, and um, I had been, this is like when I was really just breaking away from the world, and um, I used to love video games, and I used to love music, and then I still had this, like, strong desire for music, but um, we did the Nature of the Beats um, teaching, and mm -hmm. I noticed and saw everything that I had to break away from that, too, you know, so I had to put 
my love for music and something positive. So it really just started off like me finding all kinds of new Christian artists and just filling myself up with that instead mm-hmm. of the stuff that I was filled up with. Mm-hmm. And then with that, in my off time, when I'm really filled by the Spirit, I, I like to just, you know, like, I guess praise Him, you know, and like my mm-hmm. prayer language, however it comes out, you know, mm-hmm. with me expressing myself creatively. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll record those, you know, and then I went over to Christina's, like we had like a really good time, um, just like really studying the word and like the spirit was there, like I could feel it so heavy. And I was so excited to um, just like get into music and just like look at the Bible and just like really spend some time with him, mm-hmm. like writing and making melody to him. So um, my the Xbox was just on in the background, you know. And um, I hadn't been playing, really, and you had said the thing about, like, um, you know, like, video games, like, them being a distraction and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's funny, you get, like, little alerts, like, when your friends get online and stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, and then, like, so Christina leaves, I'm so excited, you know, like, I'm filled up with the spirit, I'm so excited to actually spend time with the Lord and make some awesome praise music, you know, Mm -hmm. with them. So I have my headphones on and I'm listening to an inspired, just an inspired creative expression that I've done for the Lord when I was filled up, you know, Mm. and there's these words that the Holy Spirit gave me that I was just locked in. It was just about really just turning away from my old life, you know, and just putting those things behind and moving towards that mark with him. Mm. And I know, um... I know it was what I was supposed to do. Like, I I couldn't get around it. It felt like the Lord was sitting there. You know, the Spirit was sitting right there Mm -hmm. on top of me. You know, it was heavy, but so good. It was Mm -hmm. like a good heavy. So um, then I saw, like, a little message come online. It was like a pop-up, like, um, my cousin, you know. And then, honestly, I had put video games away until I went to Phoenix, and then it turns out he played a game that I loved to play, and that Mm -hmm. was the only reason, like, I bought the new one, you know? So I tried to justify it as, like, um, us spending time, you know, because, like, you know, you talk to each other on it, like, in the headset, and it's almost like they're right there with you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I sent him a text, like, real quick, you know? I was like, oh, I could play for a little bit, you know? I sent him a text. I was like, hey, what's going on, cuz? Like, what are you up to, you know? I'm like nothing like I didn't get a a message back you know I was like all right right, I should you know like stick to this you know like I got the spirit on me like I should you know Mm -hmm. start writing I start writing and then another like like happens and I see it like the xbox live thing okay yeah I'm alive from the kids yeah yeah there it is yeah xbox live (laughs) okay yeah so it's an alert and it lets you know every single time a friend comes on so Mm -hmm. every single time and then I have a lot of gamer friends like I used to be a gamer Mm-hmm. But um, so and then another one of my really good buddies that has it, and it's funny because I was actually the one that told him to get it. So like, there was times like I felt obligated, you know, when I saw mm-hmm. him because I told him to get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it got on. Um, he he popped up, and I sent him a text, you know, like, hey, what's up? You know, you about to play or whatever? Like, yeah, let's let's get on, you know. Mm-hmm. So we get on, and it's weird. Like, I'm sitting there playing, you know. And it's weird. I just feel like I'm being tormented. Like, there's something there's something different. Like, mm-hmm. just this presence in the room. It's not the same presence that mm-hmm. I had, you know. And so me and him are just talking, you know. And for some reason, I'm so frustrated and anxious. Like, I can't figure it out. It's not like I'm dying or anything, you know. But, I mean, I, I was. 
was like mm-hmm. not in the game i was i wasn't spiritually it felt like something inside my chest was just grinding and grinding and grinding and i was sitting there playing and i knew like i needed to get off it like i don't know what it was but like i was at the point where i was literally about to just freak out and be like i gotta get off this right now and then like um right when like it all built up he's like hey man like i gotta get off um i'll you know like i'll talk to you later or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and then after it happened like i just like it's like i'm just like gasping for air like uh it was like something was ripped out of my heart you know Mm -hmm. like i was just gasping for air and like after it, you know, like, I, I knew, you know, like, I knew exactly what I did. It was like, I turned my back. It was like I cheated on the Lord, you know, and it literally felt like, I don't know, like, I've never close, I've never gone through a real divorce, you know, I haven't actually been married, but like, that's the closest thing I can compare it to, like a breakup, you know, like a true separation wound mm-hmm. inside of my heart, you know, mm-hmm. for days and days later, it was like the wound was still there, you know, like I was still like continuing to like reach and like try to grab towards the Lord. But it was like that hole was just still the damage was done. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like the Lord wasn't there with me, you know, but it was like I ripped away from him, you know, like mm-hmm. I pulled away. And like that's when I really started to know that there's really spirits and things behind these games you know it's not it's it's not just like you're oh like this is my escape like i'm just gonna you know it's like the same thing as watching tv you know like Mm -hmm. it is but that it's like there's a spirit right there on Mm -hmm. your tv screen that you're giving all of your time all of your energy towards you know and it's not going to god so it's like it's not beneficial for you you know we're supposed to be present towards that mark of christ and Mm -hmm. us knowing that how can we feel okay, you know, like just taking some time off, you know, like if you have that energy to take some time off and play some game, you know, like why not just switch it and like give a little bit of attention to Jesus Christ, you know, and it'll just feel so much better because it's mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do, you know, it's like our calling as right. elected children of God. Amen. And there's no real excuse to slip back, you know, That's right. but uh, I just, I had to, I mean, Thank God, you know, like, I I don't even, like, look at my things anymore. Like, you're saying, like, I should just get rid of it, you know. But I'm sure, like, there's still some self in me that's like, well, you know, what if I want to give it to my kids? But, like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to risk feeling that ever again. It was, like, it was it was very real, a very real wound that took a lot of time, a lot of dedication to climb back and, and heal. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I just wonder, you know, if I would have taken that step of faith where I was locked in with him, you know, like how much further would I have been in my faith, you know? Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. And then, like, you never know that next time when a storm's going to come around. And if you would have taken that extra faith when you know he was right there, it's not like he's not always is. But when you have that extra strength with the inner man in you, you know, you're like, you're not supposed to turn away. But uh, that's just... I wanted to share that. That was awesome, man. Now, the Spirit just spoke through you, man. I felt it, you know, with everything you were saying. And that's why, you know, the Bible tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Because I'll tell you, you know, parents, don't be afraid of these little punk kids of yours. And that's right. I said punk because you can't back down from these demons. They will destroy your children. The devil is a destroyer, and you guys need to stand bold in the truth and set these children free. So with that, I love you all. I'm not trying to keep you from 
your fun or putting you on a collision course with your children. But if you love them, you'll throw that mess in the yeah. trash. Weigh the price. That's you right. Know, make them mad now, but it's all about what they're becoming. That's right. Does anybody want to um, pray tonight? He's going to take us out. I can pray with you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Lord, for this study. Thank you for bringing us all here together. Thank you, Lord. Thank Please you, forgive Jesus. us of our sins, Lord. Just help us rip out these things that are not of you, that are anti-Christ, trying to attack us and distract us from you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Yes. Please work through us. Help us put the full armor of God to to attack the enemy, you know, destroy the destroyer. Yes, Just go Lord after Jesus. him and help us be victorious in your name. Thank I pray Jesus. this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.